with you. Let's look over to Proverbs 12 and verse 26, and we'll start there. And um, we're going to continue this series on friends. This will be the third part of this series. And uh, we got some great things to say today. I'm excited to baptize some people. Hey, there's a little girl named Natalie Jacobs getting baptized today. So I'm extra excited about that. Um, so she gets a little pool time, and she also gets baptized at the same time today. So it's going to be a good day. Uh, Proverbs 12 and verse 26, we're going to start there. This is kind of a key verse for these, this series. It says in Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Can I get amen? amen. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. So the righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked will lead them astray. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Wise and Foolish Friends. Wise and Foolish Friends. So this series we started a few weeks ago is kind of a a three-part series we're doing here. And it has to do with these three things. It has to do with being the right friend. Because you know how when we hear messages like that, we're thinking about the other person. <laughs> like, these are all the people I need in my life, not the person I need to be. No, no, that's not what we're saying here. First of all, these, this is the kind of friend I need to be. So how to be the right friend, but also how to choose the right friends and how to keep the right friends once you got them. Don't run them all away. You need to keep them once you get the right people in your life. And so that's what we're going to talk about again today. But we're going to talk about wise and foolish friends and how to choose the right people in our lives. It's very important that we choose the right people. And I want every one of us in here to evaluate our lives and who's in it. Now, I've said this the past few weeks, but I want to say again today, uh, this message is not just for young people. It's not just for young people. It's for everyone in here, from the front to the back, no matter what your age. I'm talking about the closest people to you in your life. I'm not talking about the distant people, the distant friends, the distant family members. I'm talking about the people you do life with every day, the the people that are your best friends, your BFFs, uh, the 5 to 10 to 15 people that you text the most and you call the most and you hang out with the most. That's who I'm talking about today. And for all of us in here, we need to always be reevaluating who's in our life. No matter if they've been there a long time or not. Because they could be hurting our life and we don't even realize it. And so I ask you as we continue this series to evaluate the people that are closest to you in your lives. And make the decision to keep the right ones in. But if you have to, separate yourself from the wrong people. And that's not you being mean. That's not you being hateful. That's something that you have to do. And the Bible calls it wisdom to separate yourself from people that are hurting your life. Now, you can still love them, love them from a distance. But you guys need to evaluate yourself and the closest people to you. And that's how we're going to jump into Proverbs again today because Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And it talks about all sorts of things in Proverbs. It talks about how you handle your money. It talks about how you work. It talks about your relationships. It talks about everything you can imagine giving you practical, godly wisdom on how to live your life. And so the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about friends. A whole lot to say about friends. So we're going to kind of dive into that today. And the reason we titled it Wise and Foolish Friends is because God puts all of your friends in two different categories. There is the wise friend and there is the foolish friend. There's nobody in the middle. There is the wise friend and there is the foolish friend. Now let me read you a verse that we're going to talk about this. Proverbs 13 and I think it's verse 20 in the message. Listen to this. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall into pieces. Notice that. Become wise by walking with the wise. Now, walking implies you're doing life with them. That they're your friend. That you're, you're living life with them. That you're texting them. That you're calling them. That you're living life with them. Become wise by walking with wise 
But notice, hang out with fools and watch your life fall into pieces. So all of us in here are either walking with wise people or with fools. I hate to break it down that honest on a Sunday morning. But it's, it's two different categories, the wise and the foolish. So today we're going to talk about wise and foolish friends. So I'm going to give you the full first, and then I'm going to give you the alternative to it, the wise. Okay? Um, so first of all, we're going to start in Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. We're going to start there. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. So it says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. And wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Jesus, be offense. <laughs> wounds from a sincere friend, key, are better than many kisses from an enemy. So the first type of person, friend we're talking about today is this. You ready? It's the tells you what you want to hear friend. That's the first one. So you can write that down. The tells you what you want to hear friend. Now we're going to talk about the fool first, and then we're going to talk about the wise alternative to it. The tells you what you want to hear friend. Now, can we get that verse back up there? And actually, yeah, just leave it up there for me if you can on each one of these. So it says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So what is it saying here? You ready for this? Now, we're about to dive into this, and you're way too Baptist and Methodist today. You're going to need to be a little bit more Pentecostal and talk back to me. I'll preach better that way. Um, So, it tells you what you want to hear, friend. That's the first one we're going to talk about today. Um, This is somebody that a lot of us have in our life. That's a fool. And that foolish friend is always going to pat you on the back, is always going to kiss you all the time no matter what you're doing no matter how you're acting no matter how you're talking they're always going to kiss your behind did he say that on Sunday morning yes I did they're always going to kiss up to you because they don't want something for you they want something from you but how many know we like friends like that because they always make us feel better because they're going to say you're amazing You're awesome. You're beautiful. Oh, you don't have to listen to your parents. Oh, your boss is wrong. Oh, no, you're the one in the right. They're going to always kiss you even when you're wrong. The tells you what you want to hear, friend. Now, that's a fool. But a lot of times in our lives, we have foolish people like that because it makes us feel better about us being wrong. Instead of having, what does it say? Wounds from a sincere friend or a faithful friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Instead of having a real friend that will tell you the truth even when it hurts. Now, what does he say? The wounds of a sincere or faithful friend. Well, he's not talking about physically being abusive to your friend. Like, hey, I love you. No, he's talking about the truth is going to hurt sometimes. And it's going to wound sometimes, but that's your real friend. That's the person who really loves you. That's the person who's really looking out for you is a, is a person who will be the person to tell you the truth, even though it hurts. And that's the person you need to be close with is a faithful, sincere friend. And the wounds of a faithful, sincere friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. Now, what is this? This is wisdom. Are you hearing what Solomon's saying? This is wisdom. That means most people don't naturally get this. And real friends will tell you the truth. Because they care about your future. They care about your life. And the alternative to that, the person who tells you what you want to hear, they have ulterior motives for that reason. They tell you what you want to hear because they're trying to take from you not give to you and we need to get our thinking straight about this because love is not just patting you on the back all the time are you hearing me that's why people jump around to church to church to church 
Because as soon as somebody tells you the truth, you don't like it. Oh, I'm offended. Oh, I don't appreciate that. But the wounds of a faithful friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. It's because someone actually loves you, they're going to tell you the truth. Now, once again, it says it's a wound, so it doesn't feel good at the time. The truth hurts, but the truth is better than living a lie. And so we see here that the love of God is not just always patting you and kissing you and everything's okay. The love of God, now that's, that's a misinterpretation of the love of God. The love of God is that, but it's not only that. The love of God will also confront you. The love of God will also correct you. What does it say in the book of Hebrews chapter 12? It says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens or he corrects. Translation, whom the Lord loves, he gives a spanking to every once in a while. Because you need it. Whom the Lord loves, he has to give a whooping to every once in a while. And it's the same way with us. If you love somebody, you can't just let them go down into destruction and not say anything. You're not a real friend. And if you really love them, there's a time and a place. Now, we're going somewhere. There's a time and a place to bring correction and confrontation because you really love them. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So you need some friends in your life that will tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Not the tells you what you want to hear, friend. That's a fool. You need to surround yourself with people who tell you the truth and love you. That's a real friend. And sometimes the truth is painful. Has anyone ever had that in here? Has anyone ever had an honest conversation, whether you got it? Are you whether you were receiving it or giving it? But did it help you? Did it help your life? Did it feel good at the time being? Didn't feel good. Now I was looking for Sammy because I was trying to use him for another illustration, but he's not here, so I'm gonna have to use Michael Manning. Michael, come here. Actually, can you hold this for a second? Sure. Let me take off my coat. Too hot. Don't go preach now. Okay, so I'm a real friend. I'm a sincere friend. I'm a faithful friend. I'm not a butt-kissing friend. Not telling Michael whatever he wants to hear. I mean, it would be easy for Michael to tell him a lot of good things about himself. Like he's beautiful, and he's an awesome man, and he's great at sports, and he's ten times better than the rest of us, other than Chad Steele. Okay, so... Michael, let's say Michael is at Community Park taking a hike. And there just happens to be the most poisonous snake known to man in the park. This is a snake. It's a low-budget sermon right here. Okay, so let's just say he's taking a hike at Community Park. Now, Michael is my friend. Now, this snake has crawled up Michael's back and it's poisonous and he can't see it. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? But he can't see it because most of the time when we're getting into stuff, we can't see it. But a real friend will see it from far away and want to say something to you about it. And you say, well, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. They love you. They're trying to help you. So since I'm a real friend... I'm not a friend who tells him what he wants to hear. A friend who tells him what to he wants to hear is going to say, Oh, Michael, you're great. You're doing a good job hiking. <laughs> oh, man, awesome. You're doing great. Even though I see the snake, and I see what's about to, to get him, and I see what's about to bite him, and I know if it bites him, the poison is going to kill him. So, the wounds of a faithful friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. Because I know the wound of this bat... Come on, where you at? The wound of this bat is better than the poison of the snake. 
Because this is only going to hurt temporarily, but the poison is going to kill him. You're getting rowdy now. I know because you just want me to hit him. That's the only reason you're responding right now. Hit him, hit him, hit him. Okay. And that's what happens in our relationships. They know this conversation will hurt, but the consequences of not having the conversation will hurt worse. So I'm going to be a real friend, a true friend, and I'm going to hit Michael because what's on him is going to kill him. And the wound of this is going to be a lot better than poison, and he'll thank me for it later. Are you picking up what I'm laying down so far? So I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to move it off of you. Thank you, Michael. You can go sit down. See, if it was Sammy, I was going to hit him with this as hard as I could. <laughs> so, so you lucked out on that one. So why would I hit Michael? Why would I wound him? Because what's on him is going to hurt a lot worse if it bites him. It's going to hurt a lot worse. It's the same thing with us and our friendships. Sometimes we have to get in their way before they're going off the cliff. And it might hurt, and we might have to push them on the ground. But you say, hey, the train tracks are out, and you're about to go off the cliff, and I'm not going to just sit here and agree with you and let you go on by me. No, I'm going to step in the way, and it's going to hurt me, and it's going to hurt you. But it's worth it to save your life. Come on, are you picking up what I'm laying down today? So the wounds of a sincere, faithful friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. So love, yes, will comfort you and love you and hold you and encourage you, but love will also confront you. And love will correct you when you need it. Why? Because they care about your life and your future. And if they see something in your life that's going to hurt you down the road or kill you, they have an obligation to speak up. Let's look at Ephesians 4 and verse 15. Ephesians 4 and verse 15 knows what it says. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So what is it saying here? If you want to grow, if you want to change, you're going to have to have some people speaking to you in your life, speaking the truth. Notice, in love. The truth in love. Speaking the truth to you in love. Now, what is the truth? God's word. Now, I'm going to say something in a second, and I know this is going to be something that you hear all the time, but, but there's this idea going around the culture today, and it's a statement like this. It, it sounds right, but it's not right. You want to hear what it is? You just need to live your truth. You just need to live your truth. Now, that, the people that say that are... <laughs> Come on now, somebody. They're not, they ain't real. You just need to live your truth. Doesn't this, it sounds right, and it feels right, doesn't it? It just feels right. Live your truth. But it's not right. That's why we have to have some people on the other side speaking the truth in love. Because the same people saying, live your truth, are the ones about to be bitten by a snake. Are the same people driving off the cliff and no one's saying anything. And because they say, live, your, live my own truth, everyone says, okay, I can't say anything to them. Because they would take it as me being judgmental and harsh and religious. No, maybe it's called the love of God. Maybe it's called, I care about your future. Maybe it's called, I'm the only person in your life that's willing to tell you the truth because I don't want you to get hurt. That's a real friend. Come on, am I preaching on this Sunday morning? So don't buy into the lie. I just got to live my truth. Doesn't that sound good? <laughs> live your truth. 
The truth is, being your pastor today, speaking the truth in love, this is the truth. And if your truth doesn't line up with this, it's not. It's not. I don't care how strongly you feel about it. I don't care if you feel like you were born that way. I don't care if you went to high school and your teacher told you you were right. I don't care if your parents agree with you or not. If your truth, which is based off of your feelings, not facts, doesn't line up with this truth, it's not. And it's ultimately going to hurt your life. You don't get the consequences at the beginning. You get them at the end. Speaking the truth, what does he say? Speaking the truth in love. That's what I just did to you. Some of you almost got a little offended at that. Oh my gosh. Why did I just say that? Because I love you. And I'm looking out for you. And I care about you. Why did I say that? Not to offend anybody, but speaking the truth in love. Notice that when we do that, we will grow up. Once again, if no one can talk to you about anything, you're not a grown-up. You know who you are? They have them in the nursery. <laughs> you're a baby. You're a baby. Spiritually, the Bible talks about spiritual babies. That's what you are. Why? Because you can't hear truth and receive it. So, the tells you what you want to hear, friend. We, we don't need friends like that. Those are fools. We need wise friends who tell us the truth, not out of a mean, harsh way, but out of love. Out of love. Can I get amen? amen. And sometimes we got to be honest with ourselves. The truth can be painful. The truth can hurt. But the pain of truth is better than living a lie that's going to kill you. And we need to decide we're going to have friends and be a friend who tells the truth in love. You guys receiving this today? Speaking the truth in love. Now, I, on this point, and I'm going to go on to the next one because I have a few of these. I just want to say there, there's a couple things that you need to think about before you speak the truth to somebody. Okay? Because some of you are on extremes on either side. Some of you are on the sloppy agape side, which I'm never going to tell anybody the truth because I'm going to act like I'm a fake love person and I'm fake. <laughs> okay, and then you're the other side. You're the religious truth. Everybody's got to know this. I'm just going to tell everybody the way it is. You're not right either. Okay. So you got to be in the middle, which is what the Bible says. Speaking the truth in love. Key word, in love. Not in anger, not in judgment, not in harshness. Speaking the truth in love. So a couple things to ask yourself is before you have this conversation with somebody, do I have the relationship to handle this? Okay? Let me explain this to you. I will say certain things to Bruce, Amzie, and Chad I wouldn't say to some of the rest of you in here. Not that I don't love you, but you couldn't handle it because we don't have that kind of relationship with each other. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that means everybody in the church, you can't speak to the same. You got to know what kind of friendship you have. Are you on the level to be able to talk to each other and tell you each other the truth? If not, that will be the last day of your friendship. And trust me, I've been there before. Sometimes it backfires and you assume that you had that relationship and then you tell them and it's like, oh, wow. Okay, this went differently than I thought it would go. <laughs> Anybody been there either? <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. You're like, I thought I had this. And then they react in a certain way. Here's another thing. In your friendship, you should encourage them 10 to 1. So if you're not encouraging 10 to 1 to correction, you don't have a right to speak up into their life all the time. 
Because you're going to beat people down, shame them, guilt them, destroy them when you're always trying to correct them all the time. Now, there's a time and a place for it, but do you encourage them 10 to 1 the rest of the time? Or are you just always correcting them? Because if you do that, they're not going to want to hear what you have to say. Because you're not speaking the truth in love. I know this is Baptism Sunday, but we're getting into something about friends here. Speaking the truth in love. So are you encouraging them? Are you building them up? Are you having a real relationship? Or the only time you want to talk is, let's talk. You got an issue. That's not love. Speaking the truth in love. And lastly, ask yourself, is anyone able to talk to me like this without me getting offended? Is anyone? Now I'm saying this because I'm talking about myself too. I get defensive. Nobody else? Anybody in here? <laughs> Gotta speak the truth. I'm easily defensive. Is anyone allowed to talk to you that way? Or here's another step. Are there people that have talked to you that way in this church that you stopped talking to years ago because they told you the truth? There is. I don't know your names, but I know it's true. (laughs) When they were the real friend that really loved you and they told you the truth one time and you said, okay, I'm not talking to them anymore if they're going to be like that. They were the person who actually cared about you. And who actually loved you. I know it's, it's awful tense in this Methodist <laughs> Assembly of God Church today. <laughs> They're the ones who really love you. So ask yourself that. Can anybody, anybody talk to me? Do I have anybody even close enough to me to call me out on something if I'm wrong? If not, you're a dangerous, foolish person. You've got to have some people in your life that can speak up to you. And you'll receive it. Search your own hearts today. I'm telling you in here. Search your own hearts. I know for a fact there's people in here that are not talking to other people in this church because someone one time told you the truth because they actually loved you and you took it the wrong way and got offended. When they were the person who actually cared about you, and what did you do? You went and buddied up with a butt-kissing friend because you didn't like it. Praise God. Let's get baptized, right? (laughs) Pastor always preaches like this when we've got visitors. (laughs) You came for the truth, didn't you? You came for the truth, didn't you? That's what we're preaching. We're preaching the truth here. (laughs) Hey, we're all in the same boat together. I'm in the same boat with you. You want to know something? I'm 31 years old. And when mom and dad talk to me about stuff, I still get defensive. Your pastor, whose parents are in the ministry for 40 years, I still get defensive. I still get defensive. But what do I need to do? I need to let somebody tell me the truth. Who else? Who else is going to tell me that? Nobody. And we need to be thankful for people who tell us the truth. Speaking the truth in love. Did you guys get some? All right, we're going to have to go to a lighter note here. (laughs) All right, so the first one was the tells you what you want to hear friend. The second person we're going to talk about for a second is the no ambition friend. Proverbs 10 and verse 4 in the New Living. Well, let's just say it. The Bible's just going to call it out. Lazy people are soon poor. (laughs) And hard workers get rich. Lazy people are soon poor, but hard workers get rich. The no ambition friend. Now, I'm going to explain this to you. That's a foolish person in your life. Now, Now, why am I saying this? Why do you need to not have these type of people in your life? Because you will become like who you hang out with. If you walk with wise, 
you will be wise. If you walk with fools, you will be a fool. If you walk with people with no dreams, no visions, no plans, are lazy, have no desire to accomplish anything, you will be just like them. Or you can hang out with people that are pursuing their calling, are trying to work hard, that believe that God wants to prosper them, are trying to do something with their life, and you will be like them. So we need to ask ourselves, do I have a foolish friend or a wise friend? Who are the closest people to me? Because I'm becoming like who they are. The no ambition friend, because whoever we walk with is who we will become like. I love the Bible says lazy in the new living, but I love the King James. It calls him a sluggard. (laughs) Have you ever met a slug-like person? That's the best way to describe their life. They wake up like a slug. (laughs) They go to work like a slug. They come home like a slug. They watch Netflix like a slug. And the Bible says, stay away from people like that. Stay away from the sluggard. Stay away from the lazy person because you will become like who they are. And and Brother Sean just quoted it, iron sharpens iron. When you're hanging out with people like that, you're iron and they're dull. And so you're not sharpening one one another. You're getting more dull by hanging out with that person. Because their lack of motivation and their laziness and their lack of pursuing anything in their life is rubbing off on you. All right. So the no ambition friend, they're a fool. I wrote this down, and I think this is funny. Maybe you don't. You know, the, the gamer, Netflix, eat a large pizza by themselves every night type of person. It's funny when you're 15. It's funny when you're 15. Oh, <laughs> they're so sweet. When you're 31, it's not funny. When you're 45, not funny anymore. When you're 50, not funny. When you're 15, okay. Eat all the pizza you want. Get all the zits you can acquire. Play as much video games as you can possibly do. It's funny when you're 15, but eventually you have to get some motivation. Some desire to do something. Some passion for your future. Some pursuit of your calling to want to do something great for God, to want to pursue something. And if you don't hang out with people like that, you will never become that. So we have to beware of the no ambition, friend. Why? Because they will rub off on you. You will become like who you hang out with. You need to be around some people that are dreaming big dreams. Come on now, somebody. Some people that are dreaming big dreams. And guess what? When you tell them your dream, they say, come on, you can do it. You got this. They're not saying, oh, you can never do that. That's a no ambition, friend. Just because you don't want to do anything with your life, don't put me in the same category. And sometimes you have to give them the boot out of your life. Why? Because it's wisdom. You know what they will say? You're not being loving. No, I'm being wise. I'm being wise. So we see here the no ambition friend. That's the fool. But we need to have the wise person around us. Someone who is dreaming big dreams. Pursuing things. Pursuing their calling. Pursuing living a good life. Doing their best to raise their family. Doing their best to be a hard worker. Doing their best to be a part of what God is doing. Not someone who's just sitting at home. Are you hearing me this morning? The no ambition friend, you got to get them out. And you got to have some wise people that are pursuing things. Get around some people that are challenging you. Making you think bigger. Making you dream bigger. Making you want to pursue new things. Making you want to pursue the call of God. Not making you want to be more lazy like them. 
I'm trying to help you today if you're listening. Like I said, it's funny when you're a teenager, but guys, we're 30. We're 40. We're 50. Come on now. Can I go a little step further? Even you guys that are retirement age, you need to think about this too. Are you going to go buddy-buddy with everybody who just wants to sit on their rocking chair and live in the nursing home? Pastor, don't say that. Come on now, hear me. Because you will become just like them. You'll start being feeble. You'll start walking different. You'll start acting old and being old. Now, what are you going to do? Hang around with some people that are saying, yeah, I'm retirement age, but I'm still going to pursue God. I'm still going to fulfill the plan of God. I'm still fired up. I'm not going to be in the nursing home. I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. I'm going to do great things for God. And my best days are greater than my first. Can the latter be greater than the beginning? That's what the Bible says. So this is not just a young person's message. This is for everybody in here. Who are you hanging out with? You hanging out with people that are just retired, retired from life, retired from church, retired from family. I'm just going to sit on the porch and think about the bugs. That's no life. That's no life. Come on, I'm hoping you're evaluating who your friends are today. The no ambition friend. Number three, the sees the worst in everything friend. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So we're talking about number three, the sees the worst in everything, friend. The person who is constantly, constantly negative, constantly speaking negative things, constantly speaking fear, doubt, and unbelief, those are fools, and you need to get away from them. As you know, negative people will drain your energy and your life out of you like nothing else. Now, once again, let's look at yourself. Are you that person? Not just I need these people around me. That's true. But are you the person in the group? Those are fools. And what does it say? Death and life are in your tongue. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. How do you know you're around a sees the worst in everything type of person or a negative person? By the words they're speaking. By the words they're speaking. How do they talk? Now, not at church, because everybody acts fake at church. No, when you're, when you're outside of church, how do you talk? How do you talk when you're at lunch? How do you talk when you get a bill? How do you talk when your kids have to go to the hospital? How do you talk about your life? Because that determines who you really are. Whether you're a negative person or a positive person. And you can't live a positive life with negative friends. You can't do it. Now once again, I'm talking about the closest people to you, not everybody. You'd have to go to heaven if you just wanted to be around positive people. But I'm saying the closest people to you, who has your ear, who's texting you, who's calling you, who you're doing life with, who you're going to gym with, who you're going to get coffee with, who are those people? They better be positive people because you're going to become like they are. Now, you know this. Now, we're not going to call it anybody's family, but since it's just us, okay? You know some of you, when you go back to family reunions and you go to Thanksgiving and you go to Christmas, you had not seen those people in years, and you get impartations, and some of them are so negative, you come out of that speaking negative, talking negative, thinking negative, just by being with your family for a day. Is that not the truth? Now, what happened? You got an impartation because you will become like who you're hanging out with, and that was just one day. Imagine you living your life like that with negative people. You're going to become like who you're hanging out with. And notice death and life are in your tongue. 
And we're going to have the consequences of what we say. That's why God says to speak life, to speak faith, to speak hope. Be around people like that. Be around a faith person, a hope person, a God is good person. Be around people like that. Not that they won't tell you what's really going on, but at the end of the conversation, it will turn around. That's a faith person. They're willing to admit what's going on. Like, yes, I don't feel good, but God is good, and God is healing my body, and things are going to get better, and God is healing me, and things are going to be better next week than they were this week. That's a faith person. Not denying what's going on in their life, but speaking words of faith, speaking words of hope, speaking words of positivity over your life. And that's what the Bible says. Death and life are in our tongue. So think about this. Sometimes your friends are speaking death over you. That's why you got to be careful who you're close with. They're always negative, always speaking the wrong things, and that's going to rub off on you. You need to have friends that you can call, and no matter what they tell you, they're going to speak faith. They say, well, I got two weeks to live. Well, thank God you got two weeks. God is good. God can heal you. Miracles can happen. God is a God of all hope. He's a God of all believing. We're going to believe God. That's the person you need. No matter what they tell you. Why? Because that's like God. He's a faith God. He's a God of all hope. He's a God of belief. He's a God of miracles. And we need to be people like that speaking words of life, not words of death. Words of life over each other. Who are you speaking over and who's speaking over you? Come on, I'm feeling this today. It needs to be life in your mouth. And we know it. the sea's the worst and everything, friend, will drain you of life and energy. And it's exhausting. I know this before. I've been around certain people that I was trying to help. Anybody been there before? It's like, I don't want to come over and have this conversation, but you need help. Anybody been there before? And because I love you, I'm going to come over. But after weeks and months and years, it was like every time I come over there, I try to speak life, but they're so negative and speaking death, I'm depressed when I leave. Anybody been there before? And eventually somebody like that, they don't want help. And you're going to have to make a decision, not that you're not going to be friends with them anymore, but you might have to make some distance between you and them. Because you start becoming like they are. Come on, I can feel you listening today. Seize the worst in everything, friend. I'm almost done here. Or maybe the person just can't handle life. Little things throw them for a loop. It could just be like I'm five minutes late for work. My day is ruined. That's a negative person. No, your life is not ruined. Your day is not ruined. You're just a few minutes late. You can't surround yourself with people like that. The negativity will drain you. Or one thing happens and they say, well, my whole week is done. It's going to be the worst week of my life. Because they didn't get the laundry done or something like that. Now, some of you are not saying amen because you are those people. I'm sorry. (laughs) But you have to realize you can't surround yourself with people like that. That negativity. You can't surround yourself with everything's worse than it seems. Everything's bad. Everything's got to get worse. Everything's over. Life is not good. Doom and gloom. You can't be around people like that. And expect your life to go to where it needs to go. But you need to be around faith-filled, hope-filled people. Can I get amen? amen? And lastly, I want to talk about one more and we'll close. Proverbs 19 in verse 6. Proverbs 19 in verse 6. So we gave you four today, and this is going to be the fourth one. This is the it's all about me, friend. It's all about me, friend. So Proverbs 19 and verse 6.
Do we have the verse? Good thing I got my Bible up here too. Proverbs 19 and verse 6. Listen to what it says. Many seek favors from a ruler. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. Many seeks favors from a ruler, but everyone is a friend of a person who gives gifts. So lastly, this person is the all, it's all about me person. We call those a mooch, a taker, not a giver. These are fools. You don't need them in your life. You need to be around a friend who's a giver just like you. You need to be around somebody who loves you just like you love them. That are willing to give their life just like you are them. That are willing to be there for you in the same way you're willing to be there for them. That's the kind of people you need in your life. Not the, it's all about me, friend. And notice what it says. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. Let me just tell you. If you're going to be a generous person like the Bible tells you to be, there's going to be a lot of people who come into your life for the wrong reasons. But you need to be close with and friends of people that have the same thinking and mentality that you do about being a giver, not a taker. You can't be around a mooch. Can't be around a taker. Because they will always make it about them. Now, once again, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about everything in your life. Because when I say giver, I'm not just talking about finances or or presents. That's part of it. But you can give your love. It's free. You can give your prayers. Free. You can give your encouragement. Free. You can give your time to people that you're friends with. That's free. And those are all things that when I'm talking about being a giver, that's what I'm talking about and not being a taker. So you need to evaluate yourself. Are people that you're giving to, not just financially, but giving your time of, your love to, your friendship to, do they do do the same for you or it's just one-sided? Anybody ever had a friend like that? Now, what do you need to do? You need to be a wise person and put some distance between you and that friend. Because they're not being a wise friend, they're being a foolish friend. You need to be around people that give like you give. You need to be a person who will drop everything to come see you when you're in your time of need. And vice versa. That will love you, that will give to you, that will pray for you. That's the friends you need, not takers. Not takers, but givers. So the fool in this passage is the person who it's all about me. The same person is the same person that you could say, well, I got a raise on my job. Well, I did too. Actually, $20,000 more than you did. (laughs) Well, I just got a new car. Well, actually, I just did like one day after you did, so actually mine's like a little bit newer than yours, so. All about me. Can't rejoice with anybody else. That's why the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and be a part of people's lives and be a giver and not a taker. Because it's not just about you, it's about others. And you need to be a friend who's always looking out for other people and get away from the wrong friends and influences in your life. So once again, I want to go over this real quick. Today, talking about foolish and wise friends. Did you guys get something today? The fool is the one who says, they tell you what you want to hear, friend. But the wise is someone who tells you the truth and love. The fool is the no ambition friend who doesn't desire to do anything with their life. But the wise friend is the one who makes you want to pursue and strive for greatness in your life. Dream bigger dreams. The fool is the person who sees the worst in everything and is negative. But the wise friend is the one who speaks faith-filled, hope-filled, God-filled words over your life. 
The fool in this last one, the fourth one, it's all about me, friend. They're a taker and not a giver. But the wise person in this is someone who gives. Gives of their time, gives of their treasure, gives of their prayers, gives of their encouragement. And you know that they're there for you. That's the kind of friends to have. Do you guys get something today? Well, hopefully you guys will put these things into practice like I challenged you today. Go home today. Think about it. Evaluate your life. Evaluate your friends, your family, the people closest to you. And ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God to give you wisdom like we just shared on who are the people I need in my life. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you for today. And we just thank you for a great day in your house. We thank you for uh, what you've already done through the worship, through the preaching about friends. Father, we pray that we would be doers of the word, not hearers only. Put it into practice about having the right people in our life. Father, we ask you right now, we get in agreement as a church. We pray that we would be the wise friends in this, these passages. We would be the wise, right friends. And not only would we be the right people, but Father, we pray that we would choose the right wise people to be in our lives. Father, give us courage and give us discernment to let us know who are the wrong people in our life. Give us courage to be able to separate ourselves from foolish people that are trying to take us down a wrong path. Father, give us your grace and your mercy to be able to handle these situations. Father, I pray like never before, we're going to do life and live life with the right people, pursuing the right things. Father, we know it's a matter of life and death on who we do life with. But Father, your word says we will become like those who we walk with. Father, we love you today. We thank you once again. And Father, we just pray right now for the baptism in a few more minutes. We pray, Father God, that you would anoint that part of the service. We pray, Father God, we rejoice with these group of people that are getting baptized today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before